Hello and welcome back to the first episode of The Prime Actor for 2021 with me, Rhiannon Mosson. And me, Maddie Ann Holt. We're back to bring you a behind-the-scenes look at the entertainment industry. Whether you're a fan or have dreams of treading the boards, this is the podcast for you. The Prime Actor is sponsored by the Anna Fiorentini Performing Arts School and Stage in the City. They host performing arts classes for children and adults, both online and in person. This week, we are thrilled to be joined by stage and screen actor Nigel Boyle. Nigel's incredible CV of work includes Peaky Blinders, Coronation Street, The Inbetweeners, Line of Duty, Humans, Run Out of Breath, and most recently, Small Acts, directed by Oscar Award-winning director Steve McQueen. So we know that these incredible jobs don't happen overnight, Nigel. So we uh, want to hear like your journey and um, how you got into the industry um, and how you knew you first wanted to be an actor. Okay. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so did you always know that this was what you wanted to do? Absolutely not. No, I, I never wanted to be an actor. Um, Honestly, um, it, it all came about uh, quite suddenly, really. Um, the story goes, um, I, I did pretty poorly at school uh, because I, di- I didn't really go very often. <laughs> and um, I, I kind of, uh, the, the headmaster uh, pulled me in his office after I'd got two Bs for English, a C for maths and seven Ds. Um, and he said, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know. He said, did you revise? I went, no. <laughs> so he, he said, well, you know, you need to sort yourself out. Um, so he said, look, I, I think you should do A-levels and go to university. Have you thought about that? And I said, well, you know, maybe. So he said, I'm going to let you resit. I'm going to let you do some A-levels, but you need to resit two of your GCSEs as well because um, that, that's the rules. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And... I did my A-levels and passed them, and then I went on to do a degree in business studies, uh, random. So, a world yeah. away from Well, acting. the thing is, I did kind of make little noises about wanting to do something creative and wasn't sure maybe it was acting. I, I, like, I, I was really into music as well. I was um, pretty good at the drums. I was, I was having lessons on, on the drums and stuff, and I had my own kit, and I was in bands and stuff. So I thought I wanted to do that, but I, I certainly didn't want to do anything anything serious. <laughs> um, Not even did you even do school plays or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, so I, I got cast in like I I got told I was I was playing you know big parts in school plays. They they never really asked me. They just said, oh yeah, you're going to play Nathan Detroit in Guys and Dolls. And I was like, well, you know, I don't I don't think I can. They said, of course you can. Yeah, you can. And I guess it was because I was a bit of a wide boy at school and a bit of a, a bit of a cocky so and so in a good way, and I had great relationships with all the teachers. I was never I was never out of order. I was just I was just a bit bit of a jack the lad really. Um, so yeah, so I I I went to university and did my uh, degree, and um, something unfortunate happened, which kind of turned turned everything around. So I I I got my finals and I got a really good grade. I got a 2-1 in this business degree and worked really hard. And um, I was working through the summer on a building site, saving up loads of money to go travelling with my friends. Uh, and it's really funny, I'd, I'd had about 20 jabs to go to all these countries and never been past <laughs> Ireland in, in my life. Because my, my, uh, my parents are both Irish, so, so that was our six weeks holidays every year. And uh, I got a phone call in the middle of the night from my mum uh, in tears saying that my brother had passed away. Um, he was my older brother. He was um, 32. And uh, he, it was just really random. He died in his sleep. He got pneumonia in his sleep. 
and because he was a diabetic, had no defence and, and died and, and on his death certificate it was natural causes. There was no pre-existing conditions other than diabetes and it, it was just really sad. So um, I came back to uh, Birmingham, uh, didn't go travelling, uh, came back to be with my mum and my, my, my brothers and uh, sisters and uh, I just didn't know what I wanted to do and I... Um, I was I was in a bit, bit of a bad place really. I, I I just couldn't. I didn't want to do this this uh, office work that I'd kind of trained to do. I um, I'd been for a few interviews and stuff. wasn't really interested and and obviously didn't get the jobs. I'd went back to work in a clothes shop called Reese, which was uh, I, I'd, I'd worked there part time on a Saturday and stuff. So so they had me back full time and you know um, it was it was during then that I, I did a lot of thinking and uh, I just thought you know what you know stuff it I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to drama school that's that's kind of what I wanted to do and it's really random because I had no experience and I, I, I just I don't know how it happened I just I did an awful lot of thinking and, and that came into my head and I think yeah I can do it and now I think about it it was always in the back of my mind um, because during my degree uh, the third year of my degree before it was a four-year course so the third year was um, work experience so I worked for this computer software company called Kalamazoo in um, in Birmingham and I had a great job I was a marketing assistant for them uh, I was in charge of all their um, like the internet had just come in I mean this was um, late 90s <laughs> feel really old <laughs> for those of you who can remember a life I know. before the no, internet no mobile phones mm. uh, well well they were kind of just coming in but um, internet was a, was Pages. a big revolution and uh, I was in charge of, of updating their website, so it, it was great. But then by the end of the year, I kind of, I kind of realised that it wasn't for me. And I, I remember sitting in the office one day looking out the window and it was really sunny outside. And I sat there for about four hours and I didn't do a stroke of work. And I thought, I, I've got to do something else. This is, for me, it felt like being in a factory, but we were just shuffling bits of paper. And, and that's, I, I thought, I can't, I, I don't know why I've done this degree. I, I can't do this. I need to be on my feet and um and doing something uh, creative and and I think I made the decision then without knowing um but then after after my my brother died I I came back and, and did a lot of thinking and then that that's when I decided so uh, sorry it's a bit of a long-winded no, story no. but it's quite important no, it's, um, it's, yeah it's really important and and like actually most people we've spoken to have kind yeah. of always known and kind of that's always mm-hmm. been their like journey and their goal so it is really good to hear like that it's not always doesn't have to be for well yeah I mean I, you... I, I was doing these plays at school and I didn't really enjoy the rehearsal process I didn't really you know I got a bit of a buzz from being on stage but it, it kind of I didn't do enough of it to mm. uh to, to kind of really uh feel the the value um but so I so <laughs> I went home one night and uh, got out the yellow pages because that's what you did in them <laughs> days <laughs> Most of your students won't even know what they are. Um, no, I thought they were just yeah. so I could read something out of the cupboard. Well, to put your coffee on. But um, yeah, I I, um, I got the yellow pages out and I, I searched for Birmingham Drama Schools, and there's quite a few. Um, but th- there's one good one that's that's an accredited drama mm. school, which was at the time it was called Birmingham School of Speech and Drama. And do you know what? Looking back, I'm so lucky that that's the first one that I've seen because it's so important that that you do get a good standard of training uh and and some schools aren't as good as others mm. if if you want to be a professional actor then 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 you need to make sure you go to the right ones 
And I, uh, Birmingham School of Speech and Drama came up. I phoned them up. And uh, I spoke to a lovely guy called Roger, who, who I'm still friends with now. And uh, I, I said, uh, yeah, I'm thinking about being an actor um, or doing some acting classes. Uh, what do you reckon? And he was really lovely. He said, well, we do uh, part-time classes on a Tuesday night. You'd be more than welcome to come along. They start at 7.30 and there's no obligation. If you know, if you like it, you can stay on. And if you don't, then, uh, then there's no, no, uh, no, no dramas, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> and uh, so I went along. And I was uh, I was absolutely bricking it. <laughs> I was so nervous. Um, and I was uh, we stood in a circle for the first time with all these uh, adults who, who'd obviously done it before. It was I was the first newbie, and uh, we just had to improvise. And we did this big warm up, this vocal warm up and physical warm up, which I, I didn't mind. But then uh, then they said, okay, so Nigel, you're this uh, you're this priest uh, who's in love with uh, this or something like that. And I was like, I remember thinking at, at the time, this is. This is sink or swim. This is nice. You know, you uh, either got to go full, full mm-hmm. into it and forget any inhibitions, um, or 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 go. Um, but luckily, I I went full on. Um, like I said, I was always a little bit cocky, so I, I kind of rated myself to have a go at least. So uh, I did, and do you know what? I really enjoyed it. And so I signed up for a term of classes and uh, I, was having, uh, I used to smoke at the time, so I was outside having a cigarette with the teacher. And um, I heard all these, um, everyone talking about these Lambda um, exams and stuff. I, was, I said to him, what, what's all this Lambda stuff going on about? He said, uh, what, what are they? And he said, well, they're just little certificates that, that, you, can, that you can progress. It's like doing musical grades, you know. Um, and and it's just a just a sign for, mainly for younger people really to, a sign to see how you're getting on and he and then he sun, something clicked he said why are you thinking of of uh, doing this full time I was like uh, yeah kind of and he said um, he said a really lovely thing he said if if there's anyone in this class that, that should be thinking about it it's you um, so so he he said okay so what you got to do is speak to David Van uh, Lord of Mercy on him he, he died um, a couple of years ago he's a lovely guy he used to be head of um, head of acting. He said, "Speak to him, um, and we'll 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 tell you what you need to do." Um, so so we did, and he said, "You need to uh, you need to figure out a modern uh, monologue and a classical monologue." And I was like, "What is that?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so he recommended speeches that were suitable for me, and then that was the start of it. So I worked on that, and uh, uh, I did another term of classes. I auditioned and didn't get in. Uh, I didn't even get through to the afternoon because. You know the standard is really high, and I just wasn't ready. But they said we really like you. We think you've really got something, but you just need more work. So come back and audition in six months' time, and we recommend you do a summer school. In the in the meantime, we do this summer school, and it lasts uh, a week uh, full time. Um, so I did that, and we had a performance at the end. I loved it. I really really enjoyed it, and uh, I auditioned again and got through to the afternoon this time. And uh, they they called me in. Uh, uh, or they called me a, a couple of weeks after the audition and said, "Look, we think you'd be ready for the um, uh, three-year course, but you're auditioning for the postgraduate course, which I was because I'd already done a degree. I, I didn't know if I wanted to spend three years studying." And they said, "Well, we, we'd rather you you audition again. I mean, we can put you on that course, but you're going to be with a bunch of eighteen-year-olds. You're twenty-three now, so I, I think you'd, you know, I think you're." You're not quite ready for the one-year course, but you're too advanced for the three-year course. Um, because I'd worked really hard. I just I was reading a play a week. I was I was going to the theatre every night. A friend of mine was an usher at the Birmingham Rep, so I used to get everything for free. <laughs> he just used oh, to get me into the uh, 
every play at the rep. I seen everything uh, for for about two or three years, and um, so I, I was kind of I was kind of getting there. And I joined an amateur dramatic society, and I, I was doing like pantos and stuff like that just to get the experience. Uh, so they said audition again, and uh, I did. I auditioned again, and um, I got a scholarship. So because I had no idea how I was going to pay yes. for it. I mean, it was twelve grand a year or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Um, but I was very lucky. I got a scholarship, and um, and then it just went on from there. It was it was it was just a snowball effect. So, and and when I got there, I I kind of had a lovely feeling inside that was that I've arrived. Oh, I, I finally, yeah. and I'm, and I'm doing something every single day mm. that that I love, and it's it's meant to be. It's it's hundred percent meant to be. And was this the you was it a dance and drama award? Yes, yeah. it was a Dada award. Yeah. Um, so. Um, yeah, so I uh, yeah they called me into the office and they said, "Do you want some good news?" I said, "Yeah, I know. I've just been, I've just been offered a place. I was I was over the moon." I said, "Do you want some even better news?" I said, "What's that?" I said, "We're going to give you a Dada Award." You know. Yeah, so it's good. It it's lovely. good. I think it's always good for people to know that 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 is available. I went to Alra. In yeah. fact, Nigel, I had one of the most car crash auditions I've ever had in my life at Birmingham. Well, when I went, it was Birmingham School of Acting. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so it changed from Birmingham School of Speech and Drama to Birmingham School of Acting, and now it's called Birmingham Conservatoire. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, so so what happened? <laughs> no, oh. I, like, I, was, I, had this, I resonate with so many things in your story. There's so many times that... I think when you were... Oh, well, I was 18 at the time. When I was 18, I was like... I just thought... Well, I just want to go. I just want to be an actor. You know, I don't really have a clue how to do it. And I ended up yeah. going in and doing the audition. And I'd chosen as my classical. I'd chosen King Lear. <laughs> why? Oh God! Why? Goneril. Why? Why would? Why would? Gon- and so, um, what the King Lear speech yeah, or Goneril speech? No, no, King Lear. Uh, me, oh, an eighteen-year-old oh. female. Oh, I chose King Lear. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they went. I mean, you delivered it well, but what? why are you doing it? And I was like, I just, I just really like it. And I had nothing to say. And they were really good about it. But I mean, it's so important, isn't it? To like, to find that right speech and to find the monologues that sit with you. And obviously there's work to be done. Can you remember what you did? What speeches you did? My my speeches? Mm. Yeah, I did, um, I did Skin Lad from Road. Mm -hmm. uh, Because at the time I had a skinhead, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not not this not this what? main, <laughs> and I did um, I did uh, Hal from Henry the Fourth mm. Part One. Yeah, see that's good. Choices. I know you all. I know you all. It starts off. I know you all, and Willow Wild uphold the unyoked youthfulness of your idleness or something like that. Mm. Goodness, I haven't, I haven't done it for years. But um, I was really lucky because uh, David Van uh, and and this uh, this guy Steve Eagles, lovely guy. Um, they helped me and they recommended speeches because I hadn't read any. I'd, I'd done Shakespeare at school and this is probably where it came from. You know, you know, at school, there's always one teacher at least that makes an impression on you and, and that you love. So um, this teacher was Mr. O'Brien, uh, my, our English teacher, which is easily why I passed English because I, I, I loved it. And he was so passionate about literature. I can't tell you, he was, he was just so... And he, he was quite eccentric and, and we'd, we'd read something, a passage of Shakespeare and he'd just stop and he'd, he'd just go, oh, it's beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> and when he explained, like when someone explains something to you, it makes it make sense, you really get into it. And, and I, you know, we studied Macbeth and um, Hamlet at school and A Midsummer Night's Dream. So I think that, that was probably planted the seed for me, but without even knowing it. And he used to always give me the, uh, the, bigger, the larger roles to read out and uh, in, in my thick, brummy accent. But um, 
<laughs> but it does make a difference the way, particularly Shakespeare, like you can be just put off that. If you get the wrong, and this is not me having a go at teachers because yeah. obviously they're amazing, but if you don't get one that kind of makes you feel excited mm. about it, then well, if it, like inf- you're just if, like, oh, don't enthusiasm's get it. infectious, isn't it? So if, if the person teaching isn't enthusiastic, then like how, how can you expect the children to be? And this is the problem, I think, in education. Um, sorry, going off, off point, but I think there's too many teachers that are doing it just as a means to an end and not doing it because they love it. And, you know, because it's what they really want to do, because those ones who really want to do it, then it really it really stands out, you know, because I had so many average to, to, to poor teachers at my school. Um, and, and it was a shame because my school was, was the only Catholic school in the borough and, and being, being of Irish descent, you know, it, it was it was non-negotiable that I'd go to a Catholic school and it just happened to be the, the most underfunded school in the borough. Uh, and it was a shame, but... You know that teacher really, really made an impression on me. So that that kind of helped, and because I knew I was introduced to David Van and Steve Eagles, they both um, recommended stuff that was definitely suitable for mm. me, and they helped me with it. So the Tuesday night classes, everyone else was doing improv and stuff. Uh, I was doing improv, and then I was staying behind for an extra hour uh, working on speeches, and that was out of their own time, you know, and they weren't charging me for it and stuff. But they were they were really helping me because they they wanted me to get in, and uh, I'll never forget that. You know, mm. it was it was really really nice of them to to do because I couldn't I like I I wanted to act and I, I I could act to an extent but I just technically I was all over the place I didn't know what and I don't mind admitting because some people think you can act or you can't act I'm, I'm not so sure I think you can learn a degree of anything if if you want to you know you can learn something anything that has any kind of technical prowess to 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 a certain extent if you really if you really want to and and these guys really helped me so then when I finally got to drama school I was like a big sponge Mm. and uh you know I was I was and I didn't mind making a fool of myself and I didn't mind getting things wrong because I I was kind of cocky and some people getting upset and there was some really intense people there and they'd be crying if they got like bad notes and that and you know the teachers just used to say to me no what are you doing you can't do that I was like I'd be like oh no uh I, I shouldn't do it like that I said how do I do it different I, I, tell me how to do it better then and I just do it again and so I was so cocky this was this you this was eventually this was on the postgrad right this is the mm. which is what 15 months a year a year, a year. so yeah. um when you break it down I think it's probably nine months um and it's 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 intensive mm. it's it's really intensive you, we had to be there at half eight mm-hmm. and uh we didn't finish till six and then every night you'd have you'd have stuff to learn every single night you had you had work to do and it was uh it was intense but i, I didn't find it hard because I, I just loved it yeah if anything i i wanted to stay longer when i left i mean i really didn't feel ready when we left i just wanted really? yeah I, I didn't i didn't doubt my ability but i was just loving the training so much and i was just loving the the, the environment and being a student again which i loved and, and my friends, we made so many good friends there, and I, I just, I just wanted to carry on. That's also the scary bit, isn't it? And maybe Maddie, you know this as well. I'm sure. Like when you finish that bit, then you're like, oh, actually, I have well, to actually it's, it's, do this now. Like, yeah, I have you're to in like a little cocoon. I did three year at Aura, and you're in a little cocoon, aren't you? And then you go, and you work. Yeah. You don't realise how lucky you are. Well, I didn't realise how lucky I was to be working so intensively on so many different projects and then you come out and you think like right so I'm probably going to be doing a bit of tv and then a bit of stage and I have to balance it with a bit of radio and you're like oh so what happened for you when you graduated like you I mean your credentials your cv is so impressive what was that an immediate thing what happened yeah so I like I said it just it was just an upward curve for me 
um, because I think, and I think the teachers like that because I was a blank canvas and I didn't really have any any preconceived kind of opinions or anything, and I was so green and naive I, I was and I was like asking questions all the time you know and uh doing extra stuff all the time and I, I'd learn a speech and and I was really into Shakespeare at this point because that was the first project that we had and I'd, I'd be I'd be uh going up to teachers say look I've learned this new speech you mind looking at it and they were always always responsive to that and say yeah of course yeah come come in my lunchtime uh or, or come after school and, and 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 we'll do it then or we'll do it in the pub we did the amount of times we did it in a pub <laughs> and because I didn't care at that point really? I was like yeah I just want to get better and, and get more more stuff in my uh, in my repertoire as it was but um, so we were really lucky that that year I went to drama school and they had new uh, and they had a new head of drama and a new head of the course and um, David Van was still there he was he was head of, head of something else but a new principal came in and he completely um, uh, reformatted the the showcase uh, format so we used to go the, the school used to go to the criterion and, and it used to be everyone would do a duologue they'd find a partner and it'd be duologue after duologue but this year they, they really made it funky so they they hired the soho theater and they hired the whole theater and made use of the every space there was so there was um there was a studio space uh musical theater would be in the in the bar downstairs uh, all the all the modern stuff would be in the uh, main auditorium, and uh, I don't know if you know the, the of course you know the, the Soho Theatre. It's quite small. It's not it's not massive, mm. um, but what they did was they got everybody seen in the first half an hour by doing making everyone do a one minute monologue. So it was really snappy. Everyone was coming in doing a one minute monologue. Bosh, next one coming in, and like it was really really good. So a lot of agents were there on their on their lunch break. Um, so, so most of them went after that. But then after that, you could follow Nigel is doing Shakespeare upstairs in the studio, or someone else is going to be doing musical theatre down in the bar, and and we got to do, uh, everyone got to do the monologue, a classical piece, uh, and a modern piece, which was great. That is because such a rather than just, yeah. So, so the um, the the uptake on that from industry mm. was was unbelievable. Mm. It was packed. And previous to that, it wasn't a very fashionable, fashionable drama school, so they'd, they'd be lucky if they get a handful of uh, um, personnel in. And uh, you know, all of them might not have been agents; some might have been just you know producers or or, or something. You know, it, it might have been just anyone. But but this was packed, um, so I was really lucky. I did uh, I did this um, one minute monologue, which Steve Eagles, my first teacher, uh, wrote for me. Aww. And that's great he, oh, wow. yeah I asked him because he was into writing and I was like yeah I want something really specific to me and I'm struggling to find something that's only a minute long so um, so what I did I lied to the teachers because you weren't supposed to write stuff and, and use original mm. stuff like that um, I, I kind of lied to the teachers when I show, when I started doing it you had to perform it in front of everyone and uh, the head of the course Danielle she uh, she just started laughing and, and cut me off halfway through it she said yeah it's perfect for you she said where'd you get that then oh, it's a writer called uh, oh, I can't remember the writer I'll bring it in for you and she's like okay yeah yeah no worries <laughs> <laughs> so I was lucky so I had like um, I think it was uh, nine or ten agents that were were, were interested Ooh. in me so wow. in the bar yeah some were good some were some were better than others um uh, so so I went to the to the bar and uh, got introduced to them all and uh, and then went and had meetings with them all and then um, chose my first one which was uh, TCG oh, artist yeah. management Terry Cranmer Gordon uh, Kristen Terry right, yeah, yeah really good really good agent so I was with them for years and then you know as your career changes you move on and, and stuff but I'm still in touch with Kristen that was so. my first ever work experience was at TCG 
Oh, no yeah. way. God, when was that? Oh, I'm, I was like, what, 16 or something? So I'm 33 now, 15 years ago. So that would have been in my time. Mm. It would have been in my sitting time. Sitting in that yeah. office, fresh from Devon. No, I had no idea about London, sitting there being like, oh, oh bless you. Lovely. Yeah. Um, so, wow, that is a whirlwind of a story. And then talk about your, what's mm. your what was your first job then? Uh, so um, my first job was... Um, so after that, that happened. So I got picked up by um, TCG and something really good happened. So um, I was I was in a relationship with one of the girls on the course. And, um, you know, the stage come and review all the all the showcases. Mm-hmm. And they do this thing uh, where, they, where they speak to uh, agents and stuff and, uh, and figure out who, who, the, who the stars of the show were. And they pick out a boy and a girl. And it was me and Lottie, my girlfriend... <laughs> So we had our picture in the stage uh, as the expert's choice. And uh, on the set, I've got it framed, um, but I'm not allowed to put it up. <laughs> For obvious reasons, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So, I don't, yeah. so it's, in, it's in the bottom of a wardrobe somewhere. I was just thinking, hold on. I'm sure that's not the name of his wife. <laughs> yeah, no. So, um, so, yeah. So we might have to edit this back out, actually. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so... Uh, so yeah, so so that that was really impressive. So I was sending that out to to people and stuff as well. Anyway, TCG, uh, and this happens to for this will happen for most uh, young actors coming out of drama school now. The the pro rata, the the quickest and easy easiest way for for an actor or an agent to make money is through adverts. Mm-hmm. And uh, when when people are young, that's it. It's great, you know. And and most agents now will will hammer you for that. Uh, and, and just send you for as many uh, advert castings as uh, as they can. So I, I went for I was going for advert castings two or three times a week, and uh, I got my first one, which was a commercial for KFC. And I've got a I've got a picture actually of me dressed as a, a bunny rabbit. They 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 aired it over Easter, and it was yeah yeah it was uh, they had us coming out of Warren Street tube good very good uh, as, as an Easter bunnies yeah. yeah yeah so there was loads of that kind of stuff and then I, I I was doing adverts for 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 fun then you know I was I was paying off all my credit cards and bills and stuff like that uh, and I did loads of adverts I did I did I did probably um, you know I got I tried to think I've done over a hundred now anyway but I did uh, I was doing like six or seven a year and wow, you know that's good. the the casting directors really really got got onto me so that so they were just phoning up saying oh can we get Nige in for uh, for the recalls no point in getting him in for the first one which which was great for me because you know I was still living in Birmingham at the time so I was traveling down to uh, London for these advert castings two or three times a week obviously I couldn't afford it so I was hiding in the toilets and on the train all the way down <laughs> and I figured out that it was best to hide hide in the first class toilets if you're gonna hide <laughs> Going to the first class ones, for, A, yeah, they're cleaner, good, they're much cleaner one. and much nicer. And B, yeah. they don't really kind of check them. But <laughs> nowadays, I think they knock on the doors and all that kind of stuff. But um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a case of uh, travelling up and down. And then you'd be on the train coming back up to Birmingham and then they'd, uh, they'd say, oh, I'd get a phone call and say they want to see you for a recall and stuff. So you'd have to get off and go back down, you know, the next day or... I'd, I'd get off and go back down and stay at my girlfriend's who lived in Lottie, uh, who lived in London, uh, and go to the recall. So then I've, I've and so yeah, is, I j- did you decide then to yeah. to move? Yeah. Was that- so I was living with my my best mate um, from school, uh, Russell, who's uh, a classical guitarist, uh, 
and uh, he, he was off, always off going to festivals and entering competitions abroad and, that, and, and classical guitar is really, really prominent in Germany and, and the rest of the continent, but particularly Germany. And uh, he got offered a place to study with a famous maestro in, uh, in Germany and he said, look, I'm, I'm going to Germany and he said, I think you need to move to London. Because I was putting it off, I kind of knew that I was going to do it, but it's a massive step yeah. for someone who's never been, and it was it was huge. So, um, so I after two years out of drama school, I moved to London. Um, but do you feel that it still was London centric? Like, for example, Maddie's now spoiler here moved right. out of London, and obviously lots of people are. <laughs> and I I don't know. I feel like in the time I've worked in the industry, it has. There has been a change away from like mm. everything is in London. Um, I think I, I don't think it was was as bad until COVID happened. Uh, but now COVID's happened. Uh, there's so much uncertainty and, and people don't know. But what I do know is that for stuff like post production and stuff, there's no substitute for having all the actors there or the actor in a mm-hmm. studio with a proper engineer. I mean, I've got my home studio voiceover studio here, but. That means I have to be an engineer as well and an editor as well. And, and that stuff's kind of interesting to me and I like learning how to do it. But when things go wrong, it's really stressful because, you know, when you've got a client on the on the other end of the line and, and you, you, you've got a problem that you don't know how to fix, you know. And uh, I, I guess that's my, my, my worst fear is when I, I'm, I'm asked to do something that I don't know how to do. You know, I just mm. it's really, really makes me stressed. Um, so, so in that respect, doing post-production like ADR and stuff it's there's no substitute for being in the studio mm-hmm. and the engineers have said that themselves but if you can't if you can't go then you can't go you but have i to, think you have to i th- do. like i think the thing is that from covid is that the point like i moved yeah I, I was in london 14 years and i moved in lockdown one to brighton um because i was like it needs to be close enough to london that i can just get in the car but yeah. also this just seemed to be going on and on and on and I think you, I, I mean, for me, I knew I was the same as you. In pre-COVID, I was travelling into Central for three, four times a week for castings. But, I mean, it's been now a year and a bit that that's not happened. And I, I don't know what you feel about self-tapes. I love self-tapes. I love a good self-tape. So, actually, for me, I was kind of like, I could just need to use this for my own benefit. And I don't need to be in London this right now yeah you've just got to make the most of it if, you, if you've got a, a good enough setup and you know you know how to do it mm, correctly mm. um and i've i've got better at them over the years and i've become a better actor over the years mm. you never you never stop learning do you um and i've i've kind of got a good technique with self-tapes now so i much prefer if i'm honest i, I much prefer doing self-tapes because there's less pressure like i used to struggle with nerves at, at you know when i started out I'm not so bad now, but every now and again, if I find something difficult to learn and I feel like I'm not as prepared as I, I could be, then I, I do I do get a little bit nervous and get dry mouth and it, and it really shows. But um, self tape, I mean, I booked some jobs from self tapes and and I get I'm really confident with them now. But yeah. I think I I don't know how it's gonna. I think theatre people will want to see people in in the flesh in a room, and you can do that. You can like you can you can socially distance in a in a studio for for an audition and wear masks and stuff until you you're doing your speech and and that kind of thing it's whether people want to and and whether people whether whether production companies want to pay for for studio space now i think that's that's going to be the crux of it because people are saving so much money now obviously they're not earning as much from productions but they're saving so much money by not hiring studios so i guess what they'll probably do 
is do the first round of auditions as self-tapes. And then I think mm. they'll, they'll probably move to getting people, slowly but surely move to getting people in. And the thing is, we, I love living in London. I absolutely adore it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, you know I, I just love the buzz. I love everything about London. I love, I love all the restaurants. I love all the bars. I love, mm. it, there's always something to do. South London. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, you're in a South Eastern, eh? <laughs> so I don't, I don't particularly want to move out, but I think we're going to have to, to, to get more space. We've got another, another baby on the way and it's, you know, we're, we're in a two bedroom apartment here. So it's, it's kind of tough. So I think we'll end up moving to Hertfordshire where, mm-hmm. where Laney's parents are from. So we can get a bit of help with the kids. And that's just north of London, isn't it? So yeah. it's going to be easier to get in. And I think in the meantime, it, it's fine. Um, but I think when you're starting out, I think you should be there yeah, because because you're 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 auditioning more mm. and you have a little bit less or a lot less sway in you know I could, if if I get an like a, an audition or something I, I can phone my agent up I'm at a point now where I can say look I need more time with this there's too much script or um, I can I get can I get in the room for this one or can I self take for this one because you know you can ask that kind of thing it's it's a bit difficult to do that when you're starting out because you don't have as much sway mm. and sometimes agents don't want to rock the boat they 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 kind of don't necessarily want to phone up agents you know and rightly so they don't want to be annoying people not necessarily but it's um yeah I'd, but also you in London you're part of the buzz as well yeah. and I think it is important to have that yeah. like in your yeah. early career you know like you've said obviously you've got families and your own family now and that's a different priority but when you were first starting out you want to be able to go to the theatre yeah. or you know just to be able to meet people uh, it just I feel like you want unreal. to be yeah absolutely it. even Lainey laughs at me now she's like um before lockdown if I was out so what are you doing you're, you're having coffee with one of your cronies or you know or you're having a beer with yes. one of yes, I with one of the beer with the girls like just literally laughing taking the mick out of me because you meet so many friends on on the circuit of auditions and you you, you know you become you become really good mates and you you know there's nothing better to go for a, a coffee or a pint or a, or a bite to eat afterwards and I remember when I was starting out we just used to because we weren't particularly working a day job at that point um so we we we'd, we'd go for go for beers and then go for a Chinese and stay out all night and then go to the theatre and you know it's um it's I mean I don't see the point living in London if you're not going to enjoy no, it. Right? I agree. I agree with that. But, no. Um. So from from all of your experience and obviously you're gonna you're gonna have inspired a lot of people listening to that um you know and kind of talking through your what your trajectory has been is there advice that you would give to people starting out in the industry not only just just as children but as adults too oh yeah for sure um i'd just say make make sure you really want to do it and just don't be um don't be like blindsided or or don't underestimate how hard it is because you know i've been doing it 20 years now and it's 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 difficult every day and i question whether it's the right thing to do because um, you know, now I've got children and a mortgage and, and bills every month. It's, you know, it's crazy really, but we've, we've made it work and, we, you know, in a great marriage and, and we both work hard and we, we get things done to do it. But I think, I think there's, there's an awful lot of people going into this industry for the wrong reasons. Mm. And, uh, and I, I blame, I blame Fame Academy and all them things because it started a fame epidemic where, where kids nowadays are thinking, well, 
I mean, rightly so. They don't. They don't have to go into a trade or learn a trade or, or do something boring. Yeah, they, they should want to do some other things. But a lot, a lot of people are going into it thinking, "I want to be famous. This is mm. this is what I'm going to do." And trust me, acting's not that. That's not the one. It's it's not for the money and it's not for the fame because uh, <laughs> it's getting less and less likely uh, as the years go on uh, that, that you can do that. And there's there's, there's not as much money in, in in the business as there was. Um, when I was starting out doing adverts, I was on repeat fees, and they they scrapped all that. Oh, so know. it's all all buyouts now. I never um, tasted every that time much. I, I never got that. Yeah, I was I I was it was just changing when I started because mm. uh, I graduated in two thousand and two. So it was you know that that was the kind of crossover years, mm. um, and even like TV money and, and theatre money. You, you've got to really fight now. You've got to really be a name uh, to 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 be able to command a decent a decent wage. You know, it's it's tough. So uh, my advice would be really think about all that. And, and um, if you still want to do it, I think go and train at a good drama school. I think that's, that's, that's key. Um, some people can, you know, get by without training and, and there's lots of, lots of BAFTA winners and stuff that, that are doing it and, and they, you know, they haven't trained. And, uh, but from my experience, I think um, certainly technically what you learn is, is, is like second to none. And it's also the opportunities that it gives you with like a showcase in London and the advice and help with sorting out spotlight and all that kind of stuff. I just think, you know, um, think seriously about whether you want to do it in the first place. Uh, go, go and train if you can and just keep at it. If, if you, if you, if you still want to do it, then just keep at it and keep working, keep grafting, man. I, I was re- I was reading plays every week and, I was getting reading lists. This is when I was doing the, the part-time classes. You know, David Van was giving me reading lists, read this, read that, Stanislaski, you know, uh, An Actor Prepares, all this kind of stuff. And I've still got all those books. And I've still read them. I still go back to them now. But, um, you know, just don't think you can't, you can't just sit on your laurels, like, uh, and when the best bits of it... A... Yeah, it's not going to come to yeah. you, like, you need The to... best bits of advice... You need to Yeah, for work. sure. The, one of the best bits of advice I got... Uh, is when I graduated, uh, they said, "Now the work starts. This is where you start working." Now, you know, this is you know, don't just think you've 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 learnt what you need to. You you need to keep going. Now, you keep working on your voice. Keep working on your 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 movement. Keep working on your knowledge. Keep reading stuff. Keep learning about things. Read the credits when when uh, when when programs finish. Mm. You know, now nowadays I'd say get the IMDb Pro app and 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 yeah. you know that should be your bible. You know. Mm. You've got to you've got to invest in it, and you've got to. I mean, and that's just not money; it's time, effort, emotion. You know, you've got to invest everything because it's a it's a real career, and it's you are your own business, mm-hmm. and you've got to write to people, write to people all the time, hassle people in a good way. You know, don't be a nose. You know, just just write to people, and and every time I've done it, every time I've written to a director, they, they've come back to me, and, I, and I've ended up getting a job. You know, it's. See, that's the you're keeping the kind of coffee teenager <laughs> through into. Well, the your thing 40. is, I, and I say this a lot. I I I don't mind asking for favors one bit because I'm always always open to to helping people other people out. So it, that's the way I kind of like to operate, you know. And and I've I've never been scared to ask for things. And if you don't ask, you don't exactly. get a lot of the time. Exactly. So, but that that would be my advice. I think that's it. A, a, a good Amazing. uplifting go-getting point to end on um thank you so much Nigel. Yeah. if you have a burning question to ask about the world of acting or agenting or the industry in general you can find us on instagram at the prime actor podcast 
So we're going to finish each week with a quote to motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And we couldn't let this week pass without sharing the positivity of Sir Captain Tom Moore with the short and sweet, tomorrow will be a good day. Thank you for listening. If you want to learn more about the Anna Fiorentini Theatre and Film School or Stage in the City, you can head to our brand new and shiny website, www.afperformingarts.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.